that so Jesus is life. Remember, John 20, 30 says this. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Amen? The first time we we got together in this series, we talked about how Jesus, all things in the earth were created through him. We moved into that we, our lives are to be lived for eternity, dying to self and finding true life in Christ, not in this world. And then last week we saw that people can actually be in religious community and actually be dead without a love for Christ, a desire for Jesus. We are just seeking our own glory. And this week we see a contrast between the thief and the shepherd. The, t- the thief takes for himself and ultimately leads to death of the sheep. And the shepherd, he gives life. And not only does he give life, he gives it abundantly. As Christ calls himself the good shepherd. So let me ask you this question to get our hearts and minds revved up to hear the word of God, to understand the word of God and to allow the word of God to penetrate our heart this morning. Let me ask you this question. Who are you listening to? Are you listening to the good shepherd and his voice or Are you listening to another voice? Because let me tell you, there are a lot of voices in our world today. But there is only one shepherd of life. This is the shepherd of life. And we're in John chapter 10, verse 7. If you'll turn in your Bibles to John chapter 10, verse 7. It is the fourth gospel in the New Testament. John chapter 10, verse 7, and we're going to stand in honor of reading God's word because we believe that this is the very word of God. And we stand in honor of reading it because it brings life into our souls. This is John chapter 10, verse 7. Read with me. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Praise the Lord. You may be seated this morning. Father, we thank you that you are the good shepherd. We thank you that you have given to us the one who calls us by name 
to enter through the gate. And Father, we know that no name under heaven may, may man be saved except the name of Christ. And Father, we, we come before you today knowing full well that we hear voices from the world, from the cravings and the desires of the world, from all the things that we see and hear on a daily basis. And Father, help us to hear your voice, the voice of truth, the voice of righteousness, and help us to find pasture and rest in Christ alone. Nothing else, Father. Give our people ears to hear and hearts to understand, eyes to see the truth that we find in the scripture. Lord, we thank you for this morning. Ask that it would be an offering unto you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, it's not Christmas time, but one of the greatest movies of all time. There's a man by the name of George Bailey. If you don't know what I'm talking about, it's, the movie's called It's a Wonderful Life. And um, it's a tremendous movie. I encourage everybody to watch it. But this man named George Bailey has a problem with his business. The old buildings and loan, right? One of his employees has misplaced the money. And everything in his world now seems to be caving in on him. I bet some people can relate in this room. When we have financial issues, everything else seems to be um, falling out of place. He can't make the payments. The money is gone. His uncle has left the money somewhere. And he doesn't know what to do. So he goes to the edge of a bridge to jump, take his own life. And an angel comes to him and takes him through his life as if he never lived. So he takes him back into his life and takes him through the town of Bedford Falls as if George Bailey never existed. And all the way through the town, he finds people's lives changed. Not for the better, but for the worse. His wife, his family, the house that he had refurbished, the business, the people that he had helped, all different, not a good way. And he comes to realize at the end of the movie when he goes back to his real life, all that God had given him and truly what he had was a wonderful life. At the end of the movie, all the people that George had touched, all the people that he had given to and impacted through his life, come back and give back to him. And he is able to make this payment. And he's blessed. And he's thankful for the old 
buildings and loan or savings and loan. I wonder if we could just for a moment glimmer and see our life as God sees our life. I wonder if we could understand what an actually an abundant life looks like. That the abundant life is not actually in possessions or worldly successes, but the abundant life is actually knowing that God is truly with us. That the very presence of God walks with us. That we no longer fear guilt or shame of sin, that we walk humbly with our God knowing that there is something much, much greater than this broken world. You see, some people view Christianity as this religion in which you have to sacrifice to let go of all the good things in this world, to follow Christ, to save your skin for eternity. Yet that is not biblical Christianity. You see, as Christians who allow the gospel to transform our lives, we are not settling for Jesus. We actually view this as letting go of the lesser things of this world and experiencing the abundance Jesus alone provides. Jesus says that there are shepherds caring for the flock and that there is one shepherd who is above all and he is the good shepherd. We want to be in his flock. We want to be receiving the abundant life that is found in Christ alone. You see, we must think rightly about this life. We must open our eyes to the, to the reality of the emptiness of the pleasures of this world, which will never satisfy. They will only leave us longing for bigger and better, more and more, to fill our insatiable desire. Yet the Good Shepherd promises not only life, but the abundant life. You see, experiencing life designed by the Creator It is truly a wonderful life because it is what is best for us. If only we would drown out all the voices of the false shepherds and hear only from the good shepherd that he lays down his life for his sheep. He is the shepherd of life. It's interesting that the context this morning, chapter 9, shows this comparison and contrast with this blind man who now sees and the Pharisees who have the word of God, who have studied the word of God and are now blind. Chapter 9, Jesus heals this blind man, this man that was born blind. So the man begins telling people, This man, Jesus, has restored my sight. And the Pharisees, as we saw in chapter 5, are angry at this. They're angry at this miracle. They're angry at this Jesus calling people to himself. And what do they do? They bring the parents into it, right? If you look at 
verse 19 of chapter 9, it says this. And they ask them, the parents, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? And his parents answered, We know that this is our son, that he was born blind. But how he now sees, we do not know. Nor do we know who opened his eyes. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. So the second time they call the man born blind who now sees again and says, tell us what happened. And verse 27 is kind of humorous. He says, he answered them, I have told you already and you would not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you also want to become his disciples? So Jesus then uses this parable about sheep and he talks about a shepherd and a thief, and the sheep knows the shepherd, and they follow him. In verse 1, it begins this section, truly, truly, of chapter 10, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the guard, the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name. And he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. And then we read that they're confused. So Jesus makes it abundantly clear that he is the good shepherd. And that's the section that we read and we will study 7 through 11. But look at what it says in verse 6. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So this next section is the clarity of what he is talking about with the sheep and the thief and the shepherd and the one who seeks to kill, steal, and destroy, and the one who gives life, and not only life, but abundant life. So Jesus again says to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. We'll go in and out and find pasture. This is our first point this morning, and it's thus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. It's so interesting that the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, the leaders of Israel are blind to see that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And yet, this blind man who is who has been blind his whole life, who now sees, says, this Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Such an interesting text. And we're actually going to study John chapter 14 next week when Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You see, Jesus says the same thing here when he says, I am the door to the sheep. It is this declaration that Jesus is the way. There is only one door into the fold of God. He is the gate. 
He is the door which the sheep enter to rest, either under the protection of the shepherd in the fold at night or to go out for pasture during the day in which they are provided for. You see, this idea of shepherding the sheep is all the way back in the Old Testament. Abel is a shepherd. Abraham is a shepherd. Isaac is a shepherd. Moses is a shepherd. David is a shepherd. David writes in Psalm 23, the famous understanding that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You understand that this sheep-shepherd relationship is meaning that you are now with God. That he is now your provider. He is now your protector. He is the one who gives you the strength. He is the one who is with you through the difficult times. He is the one who disciplines you when you're out of the line of God. And mercy and grace are following you because you dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, this is a beautiful picture because the sheep are not the smartest animals. Guess who the sheep are? We are. Because left to a sheep's own devices, they will self-destruct. The good shepherd provides protects, disciplines, and is always there for the sheep. One of the role of the shepherd is to guide them into the fold or the pen at night for safety so that he can watch over the sheep in in the safety of his protection. Story kind of gives us this picture of this door and the shepherd being one person. An Englishman who traveled extensively to the Middle East came across a sheepfold and said to the shepherd there, this is where they go at night pointing to this pen, this fenced in area. The shepherd replied, yes. And when they're there, they're perfectly safe. The Englishman saw the, the pen and he said, But there is no door. The shepherd replied, I am the door. The Englishman looked at him and asked, what do you mean by I am the door? The shepherd answered, when the light has gone out, all the sheep are inside. 
I lie in the open space and no sheep ever goes out but across my body and no wolf comes in unless he crosses my body. I am the door. You see, there is only one way to the divine life that God gives and it is through Christ. Acts 4.12 says this, and there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given among men which we must be saved. And Jesus is talking about these thieves and these robbers who don't go through the door, right? They don't pass through Christ, but go another way, their own way. That means that these thieves and robbers, in in this case, the teachers of Israel, are not leading people to Christ. But the second thing about these thieves and robbers are they don't bring life. They bring destruction and death. Look at verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. This is our second point this morning. Jesus has come that we may have life abundantly. There's a lot of reasons why Jesus came to earth one of those reasons is to pay the penalty of sin to glorify the father but he says specifically to us the sheep of his pasture that he has come so that we may have life not bios life physical life but zoe, eternal life, life that only comes from God himself. You see, God himself breathed into Adam and he became a living being. God gives life and the life that is what we need. And the thief in this case, they are the false teachers. Chapter 8, Jesus has told the Pharisees or the shepherds of Israel that their father was the devil. John 8, 44, you are of your father the devil and your will is to do the father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. Boy, this is true today. There are many false teachers. There are many voices being said by the world that are not of Christ. But in Jesus' day, these shepherds of Israel have become thieves. Not taking care of the sheep of God's people, but destroying the sheep of God's people. The Old Testament comes hard on these shepherds. 
these leaders of, of the people who are supposed to be teaching them the word of God, the ways of God, as they are rejecting the care of the sheep and have only fed themselves. And thus the Lord talks about these, these shepherds in Ezekiel. I'm going to read a long passage and I want it to soak into you and have a full understanding of why Jesus is so against these false teachers, these thieves and robbers and understand the character and nature of God against people who teach falsely the word of God. Okay, here's what it says in Ezekiel 34. The word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, even to the shepherds. Thus says the Lord God, ah, shepherds of Israel, who have been feeding yourselves, should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat of the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the sheep. And how do we feed the sheep? With the word of the Lord. The weak you have not strengthened. The sick you have not healed. The injured you have not bound up. The strayed you have not brought back. The lost you have not sought. And with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd and they became food for all the wild beasts. My sheep were scattered. They wandered all over the mountains and on every high hill. My sheep were scattered over all the face of the earth with none to search or seek for them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my sheep have become a prey and my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts since there was no shepherd and because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against the shepherds. And I will require my sheep at their hand and put a stop to their feeding the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths that they may not be food for them. And he continues on. I'm not done here. It's interesting. For thus says the Lord God, behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep. That's the Lord speaking. I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on the day of the clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries. I will bring them into their own land. I will feed them on the mountain of Israel by the ravines and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture and on the mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There shall... They shall lie down in good grazing land and on rich pasture. They shall feed on the mountain of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. And I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost. I will bring back the strayed. I will bind up the injured. I will strengthen the weak and the fat and the strong. I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. 
the Lord says, you who I've entrusted as the shepherds of Israel are not feeding the sheep. They are not declaring the word of God. They are not understanding the word and giving it to my people. Therefore, I will come and I will be the shepherd. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. God's fulfillment of his promise to Ezekiel is found in Christ as the shepherd who comes to teach his people the ways of God. Jesus is the chief shepherd. He has come to bring life to his sheep by declaring the word of God to them that the word might become flesh and make his dwelling among men. Kyle read a scripture earlier talking about the Lamb of God. The good shepherd has now become one of the sheep. And he has given his life for the sheep. God, God is using this analogy all through the scriptures and helping us understand that God came from heaven to earth to take on flesh and dwell among men, the Lamb of God who was slain for us. Declaring the word of God to the sheep by the presence of God himself, the good shepherd. But then you have this idea of the thief. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And Jesus is saying the shepherds of Israel have become like thieves of their father, the devil. Because of their rejection of God's truth and their love for lies to glory in themselves. You see, the thief has to climb over the fence... And his only goal is to take the sheep and to use the sheep for their own gain. And ultimately leads to the destruction and the killing of the sheep for their own purposes and their own gain. You can see this all over our world today. People promising you some type of life yet feeding you lies, leading ultimately to your destruction. I, I, I have two ways, there's many, but I thought of this week, one of the ways <clears throat> the world promises life but leads to destruction is I would call the new you, right? Find life through self-improvement. Get that gym man- membership and be transformed, right? Find yourself in a retreat, vacation. Have the security of wealth if you have this financial plan. And we all know that self-improvement will fail. Why? Because either one will fail to meet the goals that we set for ourselves, or we fail to meet the world's standard in one way or another, And we will fall into despair because of our hope of self-improvement of self will actually improve our life and the lives of people around us. Or we will actually reach our goals 
and self-improvement and everything that we love and everyone that we love will be run over in the process and train wreck so that we can be the best version of ourselves that we can be. You know what? If I didn't have kids, I, I might be a bodybuilder, right? Might have the time to have these nice abs and these big guns, biceps. I might not be a very good pastor, but I'd look really good. Might not be able to help my kids with their homework because I'm working out all the time, but I would look good. You see, the road of self-improvement is paved for destruction. Yet many walk that path. How about another way the world teaches you to have life? How about through half-truths or false teachings? I'm just gonna take, uh, for our, our example this morning, I'm gonna take our five core values. Worship, prayer, community, the word of God, love and action. It's a heart that reflects our love for Christ. We show our love through worship, through prayer, through community, through the word of God, through love and action. This sounds great because a heart that loves Christ will do these things. Yet there are many who do these things without Christ. It's interesting that these false teachings will actually lead to destruction because they do not go through the door. They go over the fence, if you will, and their own route to try to replicate the church. They try to replicate what the church ought to be and look like. Mormons do this. They consider themselves great worshipers of God, attending their services every week, yet without Christ and who he actually is, their worship is legalistic. It's lacking in zeal for the Lord God Almighty who took on flesh and made his dwelling among men. Praise the Lord. We don't have to do enough because the Lord Jesus did enough for us on the cross. He finished the work by paying the price, saying it is finished. We don't have to work to wonder if we've done enough works to appease the almighty God because he did it himself. So they, they consider themselves great worshipers, yet without Christ, it is meaningless. How about the Muslims? They are devoted distinctly to prayer. By the way, it's, it's Ramadan, and you can be praying for your Muslim friends. They're devoted to prayer, oftentimes more than even some of us in the church But without Christ, they miss the mark. Not knowing if their God will actually forgive their sin. Without Christ, they offer these prayers to God, never knowing where they stand with the Almighty God. Is he satisfied with them? Praise God, Jesus satisfied the wrath of God as the complete punishment for sin. Faith in him brings about complete absolution of sin. We are forgiven and set free. So pray for your Muslim brothers. Pray for your Mormon friends who try to go in a different way without the gate. 
How about this third one, community? The LGBTQ community builds their whole system around community. Being a part of a group yet without Christ, this community is just like any community without Christ. It just becomes looking out for yourself and your interests, not the interest of others. 1 Timothy 1, 15 and 16 says this, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. But I receive mercy for this reason, that in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. The mercy and grace that we are offered in Christ, in community with him, we can offer to one another. God's community places the gospel on display in the lives of people, not for themselves or their own glory, but for the glory of Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, the one who is worthy of glory. Praise God that Christ gave his life so that me and you could have life. How about the fifth one? I'm sorry, the fourth one, word of God. We see this last week, we see it here in scripture, the Jews, even the Jewish leaders, study intensely the word of God, yet miss the whole intention of the scriptures, which was declared to show Christ, the beauty of the gospel. We saw this last week as the scriptures without Christ or without love and lacking in hope. The last one, love in action. Many atheists and agnostics have set up thousands and thousands of nonprofits. They give millions of dollars to show love in action with their gifts, yet without Christ. Their good deeds are filthy rags in front of a holy God, puffing themselves up only to see that love in action without Christ is meaningless. Because love and action with and under the name of Christ not only brings about good things for these people, but also heart transformation and healing and the power and presence of God in which everyone needs. To understand that Christ is the shepherd of life. So even these five elements the world takes and they try to do, yet Christ says the only way is through me. Because Christ is the one who brings life into our souls, provides the wind in our sails to have meaning and purpose to reflect the glory of God upon the earth. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. This is our third point this morning. 
Jesus' death brought us life. It is the fourth of the I am statements. The third being I am the door. The fourth being I am the good shepherd. In God's design and creation, we are meant to see pictures of the relationship we have with an almighty God. How much he loves us. There is this picture of sheep without a shepherd. Life without Jesus. See, the sheep don't know when they're in danger of eating the wrong food. They cannot protect themselves from the enemy. They need someone to care for them. God offers us all that a shepherd does for his sheep. As the word became flesh and made his dwelling among men. The good shepherd has come so that you may have life. Our God in heaven did not want you to wander alone, parched and starved, wondering when you will be swallowed up by the enemy. He came to show you the way the way of life, the way of God's abundant life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And he loves you so much that he laid down his life for his sheep. He entered in to your world, the world that was created through him, And he died on a cross, suffering punishment, the guilt, sin, and ultimately death. So that the Holy Spirit, God himself, could come and live inside of you. That God's presence would walk with you in this life and in the next life you will enter into his presence and see him face to face. The reality of the abundant life is not in possessions. It's not in success. It is in the fact that the God of the universe wants to live and walk with you. Jesus asked Peter a question after he resurrects from the dead. After Peter has sinned three times in denying Christ, The question is asked, and I'm going to ask you that question this morning, church. 
Jesus says, do you love me? And this is the question. Do you love me, Peter? Do you love me, church? Peter says, yes, yes, I I love you. Of course I love you. Wouldn't be here if I loved you. Wouldn't be reading my Bible if I didn't love you. I wouldn't be praying if I didn't love you. I wouldn't be going into a community group if I didn't love you. I wouldn't be understanding the word of God. I wouldn't give. I wouldn't show love in action and serving and giving for the local body if I didn't love you. Jesus answers Peter. He says, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. The church, the people of God, called to seek the lost, feed them with the gospel of Christ, pointing them to the door of life. You see, he is the good shepherd who laid down his life for his sheep and brings us life. We should not become fat. For ourselves, we need to feed the sheep, the lost sheep, the broken sheep, the sheep that is way far from the kingdom of God, the sheep that is strayed from his fold, the sheep who has never known who the shepherd is. Feed my sheep. And that should ring in our ears and in our minds throughout the day. Feed my sheep. Not only starting with our little ones in our home, but in our workplace, in our neighborhood, in our business, in our community group, in our church. Feed my sheep. May we not forget that in our world today with many voices that often drown out the voice of the shepherd that there is a good shepherd calling you to himself. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word this morning that you are the shepherd of life, that this world is passing away, all the things of this world are passing away, yet your word remains the truth of who you are. We cannot deny that you have laid down your life for your sheep so that we may have life. And not just any life, but the abundant life with God and his presence dwelling among us. Father, in a world which we have so many voices calling our name, may we hear the voice of God and the truth of God in our ear. Feed my sheep. We be reminded that we must be ready in season and out of season to proclaim the word of God. To tell people who the gate is, the way, the truth, and the life. 
not only in our own hearts, but Father, in our own homes, in our own cities, in our own neighborhoods, and to the lost world. Father, we are just reflections of your light. We are not the light. We are reflecting your glory. Help us to go into darkness. Help us to see people as you see them. Sheep without a shepherd. Help us have compassion upon people who are wicked. Who are without Christ in need of the hope of the gospel. Help us to find the truth in our own life that we may hear you and your voice and you alone. Help us to recognize thieves and robbers who try to cause us and our family destruction. Help us to take out the thoughts of the enemy and place in them the truths of your word, the principles of who you are, what you're doing, and how you interact with us, your people, your sheep. Give us strength, Father, as your sheep, that we may become people who feed your sheep, who lead your people in righteousness, not because we are good, but we point them to Jesus, the door, the good shepherd, the chief shepherd. We thank you and praise you for this morning. Help us to understand with our hearts, hear with our ears, see with our eyes, and be healed and transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Give us your presence, Lord. Not because we are worthy, because Christ has called our name.